turn to, with me to the book of Nahum. Chapter 1. Nahum is one that most people have probably not heard many messages or sermons on this particular book. Um, the name, even Nahum, has disappeared after this moment of our reading. You, don't, you won't hear about Nahum anywhere else. You won't even hear where he came from. And I won't even speak of those things, but I, I, I want you to see the full totality of this picture because this word was for one purpose and one mission only. God has one mission only, and that is that you come to the knowledge of who he is, that you understand that he is your savior. And without him, there is no way of escape. Without Jesus, the Bible says that without Jesus, that you cannot be saved. He that comes to God must believe that Jesus, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But you cannot seek what you don't know. And God wants you to know him so that you can seek him. Because if you know him, you will desire all that he has. And this book is so powerful and profound. So let's get into it so you can be seated and we'll get into the word. It's powerful, ladies and gentlemen. It says, uh, verse 1, it says, or, or verse, we're going to go 3 through 7. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds man, are the dust of his feet. What a prophetic picture. I, I believe this is not just a word to Nahum, but it's a picture to, uh, to Nahum. The clouds of the dust of his feet, he rebukes the sea and makes it dry and dries up all the rivers. Bashan and Carmel wither and the flower of, Le, uh, of Lebanon wilts. The, the, the mountains quake before him. The hills melt and earth heaves at his presence. Yes, the world and all who dwell in it, the earth, the world and all who dwell in it heaves at his presence. We need more heaving at his presence. Who can stand before his indignation? I, I know we love to stand before his blessing, but who can stand before his indignation and who can endure the fierceness of his anger his fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him the Lord I love this is good somebody say he is good a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those who trust in him he knows those who trust in him he knows you because you chose to trust him. He knows you and those he knows, he protects. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would bless this word. Anoint my lips to say what you would say. Help me to teach it, preach it, prophesy it, whatever God you desire in this moment, we give the next 30 minutes to you and we thank you for the opportunities that you have made available in this time. Thank you for what you've done, but God, we prepare for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about those who trust him. 
those who trust Him as opposed to those who uh, deny Him. Those who trust Him as opposed to those who deny Him. How many knows that His glory is balanced? That there's a balance in the glory of God. And what I mean is that on whatever side of the balance beam that you're on will indicate whether something happens to you in one way or it happens to you in another way. Are you following me? The glory hits because He's good. When the glory sweeps into the atmosphere, even such as what we experience every service day, how many knows that depending on our position, we sense that glory in the rim of where we are? I mean that by if we're not on the right side and we've made mistakes. And I'm going to get into that because how many knows he's a merciful God and he's a God of grace. But how many knows when I've done something last night and I get into his glory rim, conviction will hit me if I've not asked God to forgive me of what it is that I've done willingly because God gives us free will. And, and the Lord is slow to anger, yes, but I want you to understand Although he's patient and long-suffering, we have to understand he's just. The Bible talks about even here that he's jealous. He's, he's great in power. We see that he will not free the wicked or discharge the wicked. The wicked will not go without being judged. They will not get away with the deeds that they are doing because God is just and he's jealous. Are you hearing me right now? He's just, he's long-suffering, he's patient. That's why we have not yet seen the eastern skies split open. Because he's patient and he is long-suffering. But how many knows that this is just a type and a shadow of what is to come? That this is a picture of, we can even see the parts and the pieces and the elements of creation that will be dispatched from his hand because God is not he, 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 is, he is a God who is the same. He, he is a God who is constant and he is consistent. Amen? The people of this particular, de- we see that the, the, the people here, they're in a place and we see that the people of God had experienced a, such a place of presence that the Bible says that, that we can look back in time of the Israelites, we can see that they saw the presence of God at the foot of Mount Sinai. We can see that, there's, that, that all of those elements are here talking about the glory of God, the judgment of God. We, we see that when they brought the laws down that there was such a vast presence of God that was permeating from a high place and, and they began to see it and they, the fear of the Lord was, was, was relevant and present in that moment. And we see that as we, we are looking at this scripture in all the elements, I want us to recognize that these things uh, that we are seeing, we have to understand that they are uh, creation. These particular deities associated with storms and clouds and uh, in Canaan, why, why so much focus and fixated on these things? Because they would take idols and they would fixate themselves on these idols to worship creation. They would worship the, 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 the storm. They're gods of the storm or they're gods and they would fixate on the storm. And it was the centerpiece, we understand, as Baal worship. 
Baal worship, they would, the, the centerpiece would be, let me just make it real plain and simple, would be on creation rather than the one who created creation. And so the, the Lord is, is all of these things he's wrapping up together in his judgment and his power. The people of God had experienced certain things, but, but I want you to see this, that the Lord is good. And no matter if it is destruction or it is resurrection, the Lord is good. His glory is good in destruction and his glory is good in resurrection. So we have to see that the, 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 those who are covered in his righteousness, and if that's you, I just wave at me. If you've been covered by the blood of Jesus, if you have not, you'll have an opportunity at the end of this message to know him. But if you've been covered by the righteousness of God, this is the best news, even though it's a devastating download to those who are hearing it there. This is the best news of all because when we understand the goodness of God, you can endure the tribulations of whatever it is that's going on in your life. When you know the goodness of God, you can know because you trust him. You understand that he's covering you, that he's protecting you. Uh, you. You trust him and you understand that not only does he know them in a sense of identification, but he, he knows you, I'm talking about you, he knows you not just as identification, but he knows you in relationship. He knows you because you're with him and he is with you and you have fellowship and communion with him. He knows them that, that follow him. Come on somebody. He knows them that follow him and have relationship. And this word actually known right here actually means loving communication. It is that communicating with heaven. It is that communicating with God. It is the knowing him. It's that what past, it's the opposite of what Pastor Amanda said. Depart from me. I never knew you. This is the people that know him. And he's saying those that know me will understand that I am good, that I will be a stronghold in the day of trouble. I don't know if you understand what day you're living in, but you are living in the day of tribulation. You are living in the day of trouble. You are living in the day of darkness, but you need to understand what side you are on, you're balanced on in his glory, and you need to understand that if God be for you, it doesn't matter what is stacked against you. He knows you. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, he knows you. Is anybody thankful and glad that you serve a God that not only you know him, but he knows you? That the Bible said that he even knows how many hairs are on your head. He numbered the hairs on your head. He, he knows you. I'm talking about the one who named the stars knows you. The one who created the world knows you on a personal level. That is powerful right there. If you, if you don't hear anything else, you need to understand he knows you, which means he knows your aspirations. He knows your groans in the midnight hour. He knows your, your prayers that are secret prayers in your heart. He knows your secret longings. He knows your, the chastening of yourself and the chastening of your spirit. When you mess up, when you make a mistake, guess who's there with you because he knows you? He said, when you make a bed in hell, I'm with you right there. Why? Because he knows them who trust him. You may have made a mistake, but he knows you too much to keep you in the mistake that you've made. He knows, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, he knows you, he knows you. 
He says, I know all about you. And when you thought you were all alone, I come to tell you, God knows you. God knew you. God knows where you are. God knows how you feel. God knows what situation you're in. It doesn't, you all, you feel all alone. You think nobody else can see it. You think nobody else is aware. But I come to tell you the greatest intercessor at the right hand of the Father is aware. And the Bible said he will never leave you because he knows you. He will be like a friend that sits closer than a brother. Come on, somebody, aren't you glad that he knows you, that he's your friend, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, but he will always be with you even until the end of this thing. That's why I can bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth because the one I know, he knows me. Come on, the one I said I trust, he knows me. The one I'm leaning into, he knows me. The one I worship and adore, he knows me. He knows my placement. He knows my thoughts. He knows my fear. He knows my beliefs. He knows where I am. He knows where I'm going. I come to tell you that the God of heaven and earth, he knows your name. He calls them just like he calls the stars in the sky. If you're glad that you serve a God who knows your name, you ought to take 30 seconds before we get any further and give God praise because he, he, he left all else to come into a realm of flesh just so he could commune with you just so that he could love you just so that he could take you into the rims and the depths of who he is slap your neighbor high five and say he knows you he knows you it's awesome that he knows me and but i want you to see the god that knows me and loves me he speaks love in different realms based on my position based on where I am. How many knows that when your child is a baby and they've grabbed a fork, you know, maybe a few years old, and they've grabbed a fork and they're going after a light socket, your voice may have a different tone than when it does when your child is doing something good. Because sometimes you will encourage somebody who's in the right direction but you might discourage the thing that they're trying to get into in the wrong direction. And so there's something that happens. The God of heaven and earth knows that if I stick my fork in that light socket, that I, I might not live to see tomorrow, right? But I want you to see this because this is the way of God because what he has established, he cannot undo. Are you hearing me? His power is that. His power is just. His power is jealous. His power is glorious. His power is, is, is blessedness. His power is all of these things. His power is balanced. And although the Lord certainly spoke of loving your enemies on the mount, that we love to throw out that one. We love to love, love. I'll just love everybody. Love your enemies, love your neighbors as you love yourself. And, and I love to love people. I'm not saying don't love people. Don't misunderstand where I'm going with this. But what he has started, he cannot undo. What he has established, he cannot undo. Although the Lord has certainly spoken of loving enemies, I want you to see he strongly warned, of, warned them of the inevitable of judgment. 
He warned them of the inevitable of what would come because of what has been established, of judgment. All that took by the sword, he said, will perish by the sword. If ever the word of Jesus is, is, is I mean, manifested in the hour concerning the sure destruction of those who live their life for violence, who live their life for wickedness. They, they, uh, wickedness is in their heart, so it manifests outside because it is on the inside. That's why we have to be discerning in this hour because wickedness can look good, but it's your destruction. And we have to see that violence is violence. Violence, as we've heard so many times in this hour, is the Hamas. It's the violence. It's the destruction. It is uh, mutilization. It's all of the things. The violence is that spirit of the enemy that comes to steal, comes to kill, and comes to destroy. But I want you to see that God is trying to get a people awakened in this hour, just like he's trying to wake up Nineveh once again. They were, they were merciless. They were cruel. They were corrupt. I want you to see the dark picture of the city. They were prominent, but it was only prominent before it plummeted. There was a prominent city, and it didn't just, it didn't even have a, it didn't even have a slope down. I mean, it just went down. When God speaks to a thing and points to a thing in its wickedness, it will not just be a downward slope. It will be a destructive fall. And I want you to understand that there will be justice served. Judgment will come to this earth through his glory. And I want to tell somebody that ought to make you excited because the enemies that have been haunting you and trying to trip you up in this season that means that every wickedness and every evil spirit that has come to trip you will have to trip at the at the thing that it's trying to do to you it will fall it will fall all the way down it will fall all the way down and in this case it's totally annihilated what am i telling you every attack of the enemy on god's uh, on god's people will be eradicated because the anointing doesn't just break something the anointing destroys something and the anointed has already stepped on the scene and the anointed has already established the thing if you believe the word of the Lord and you've been in a season where you have been where the enemy is trying to trip you up where the enemy is trying to get at your family where the enemy is trying to silence your dreams where the enemy has come after your vision your prophetic declarations where the enemy is trying to steal your salvation where the enemy is trying to steal the fear of the Lord off of you somebody right now don't be complacent when you should be a praiser don't be complacent in this hour some of us measure the we measure our praise by what's in the room but if you have to measure your praise by what's in the atmosphere then your praise isn't that powerful but if you know the God that you know he knows you and he's covering you and he's protecting you from the wicked one and he's protecting you from every device of the enemy somebody give God praise because I come to declare that when all hell is destroyed, let God arise and let every enemy be scattered. I come to serve notice on you today that there might be a weapon formed against you, but I come to serve notice on the church of the living God that the Bible said that they will pursue you, but the gates of hell shall never prevail against the blood-bought church of the living God. I come to serve notice on every spiritual witchcraft that even tries to control the atmosphere.
atmosphere. I declare right now that not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, uh, no weapon formed against you uh, shall be able to prosper. Somebody take 30 seconds and give him a praise break until you break that thing off of you, until you break that curse off of you, until you break that fear off of you, until you break that violence off of you. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. I feel his power. Hallelujah. I always want to teach and I just, I get cranked up. Lord help him. It's a cranked crab up here on this stage this morning. You know, when you wind it up, it will wind down, but it take it a minute. So some of y'all that need to teach, just hold on. It'll wind down and we'll get there. Most of the biblical prophets directed their judgment oracles against the sinning peoples of Israel and Judah. It was against God's people where they were. This was that prophetic office, okay? I want to make this clear in this day because I want you to see the difference between the office and the gift. Because some of us judge the gift because it's encouraging somebody. And we judge the office because it's correcting somebody. Best thing you can do is quit judging and be Jesus. Quit being critical and get in the current. Now I'm not saying not be discerning. Critical and discernment is two totally different things. And that's why I said we got to be careful with the sleeper cells. Because I'm telling you, I felt that thing because I believe that it has already attempted. And you can see the explosives and you can see what the enemy is trying to do. And it's saying, oh, the, uh, look at that one's condition. Oh, bless his heart. But the condition is actually the thing that the enemy's using for position. We see that Nineveh understood the power of repentance. They understood most of the biblical prophets, we know that that was different, but this uh, this is a pagan place. How many knows that God is not only trying to keep us redeemed, but he wants to redeem the wicked? the pagan places, the, uh, he's no respecter of people. He wants all and everybody to understand who he is and what he came to do. He is a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. But we see here, Nahum, however, brought the word of God's judgment against Nineveh, a pagan city. The Ninevites would not take action on what Naaman was teaching. Listen, preachers, teachers, prophetic people, keep teaching, keep preaching. Somebody might take it, but you just keep doing what God's told you to do. And we see that as as this is transpiring, we see that this was the city that heard preaching a hundred years prior by Jonah, and Jonah was upset about it, but he still did what God told him to do. You might be upset doing what God told you to do, but you better be obedient in it. If not, you'll find yourself in the belly of a whale and all hell will break loose in your life. 
But Jonah preached and he preached and, 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 and repentance came and God, hey, repentance came from Nineveh and God, the Bible said they repented and God then began, he relented and, 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 and now Nahum is addressing the condition of a backslidden city. They once were saved but they have drifted back. They have gone like a dog after its vomit going back and as they went back to go in and let the wicked could get into them how many knows that once you left something and you go back it comes back double there's more wickedness than ever before that's why it's so hard for somebody who knows the grace and the mercy of God and they've walked away from what the touch of God sometimes it's very difficult for them to get back in because what they left it opened them up to a greater measure of demonic force and I want you to understand that God is speaking he will always give you a chance but the, every time you walk away from God listen this may uh, this may rub some people because let's God is gracious and I'm thankful for three times and four times but there is a difference in you living out God and making a mistake living with God and making a mistake and then just saying I'm walking away from you I'm walking away from what I knew I'm talking about that right there when you begin to walk away from the goodness of God when you begin to walk away it is so hard and, and, and maybe you'll find yourself in a pig pen and you might come to yourself but it is so hard to even realize who you are you will lose yourself. You will lose your identity. And I come to, to the backslider today that maybe you're not where you used to be. Maybe you don't love Jesus like you used to love him. Maybe a hundred, uh, however long it was that you accepted the message of Jesus Christ and the good news of Jesus. It felt good for a season, but that feeling be began to drift. And, and therefore, you begin to find yourself uh, moving away from the thing that you most directly need. You need need the love of Jesus. You need the blood of Jesus. You need the word of God in your life. But the enemy will try to trip you. He will try to trick you and he will try to take you away from his profound goodness. But I come to tell you if you're in a backslidden condition you're, you, can, you are in a good place. You're not like, uh, you're not like the, Nina, uh, the, the Ninevites that they have walked so far away in their wickedness. I come to tell you if you will open yourself up God can give you a second chance. God can give you a third chance. God can give you a fourth chance. God is a God of grace, so surely he can give you a fifth chance. Amen. But I want you to see that if you've been backsliding on God, you come to the right place at the right time, and God's going to give you an opportunity at the closing of this service to open yourself wide for his presence. One scholar said Nineveh, I want you to see how wicked it was. They were a backslidden city. They, they, they went back. They're worse than ever before, full, before, full of robbery, pride. The Bible says in Scripture in the story, they were robbers. They were prideful. They were arrogant. They were immoral in every way. The Bible tells us that they were ripe for judgment. Man, I like ripe, but I don't like what comes after that. You know what I'm saying? Ripe for, all of us want to know that our fruit is there, right? But I'm talking about you've been so wicked and so vile. You're ripe for the judgment of God. That's how wicked they were. That's how vile. The, the, in, in study, scholars say that Nineveh was the capital of one of the cruelest, vile, most adulterous empires in the world. 
History tells us that they were so wicked, and many of you have heard this before, I believe Pastor Amanda has said this, that they would stack heads into pyramids in front of the city, burn the young and women in fire. They would, they would spread the skin on the wall of the city and they would mutilate them alive. They would mutilate them, cutting their throats, treating them like animals, cutting their throats like lambs, stacking their corpse in piles. Nineveh was the city of blood. Nineveh was a city of violence. Nineveh was a city of Hamas. And God is slow to anger, but I want to tell you, he may be long-suffering and patient, but when God is resisted and rejected long enough and strongly enough, eventually the judgment will come. It, it, he may be slow in sending it, but I come to tell somebody his judgment will be released. Why? Because he's good. He's a good God. He's a jealous God. He's slow to anger, but when he comes to his fury, it will pour out like fire according to this scripture. He will pour out fire and rocks on those who are living in violence, who are living in wickedness. Why? Because he's good. Isn't that, isn't that hard to fathom that a good God would cast rocks down in fire? Let me tell you something. He's made the way of escape. The choice is up to you. This, he cannot change what, he cannot undo what he has established. You say, well, and here's, here's the truth and the picture of it. If he could, then he would have went back for Adam. And he would have went back for Satan in heaven that was cast in the lake of fire. He could have changed it. But can I tell you, he's just, he's jealous. His glory is, is just in all of its ways. And his glory that represents his justice, I want you to understand, it affronts and it, uh, the indignities done him by those that constantly deny him and his, he's perfect, his perfections. I'm denying him constantly. I, I'm denying his perfection. Those that will set other gods in, in, in comparison and in competition to the God of this earth, to the God of creation. Those that ridicule the word of this creator, the word of God that, that breathed into us salvation, that breathed into us the infilling power of God. Those that will ridicule that word or abuse his people he is just and he is jealous and I'm here to tell you that his glory is not all, all glorious but it is destructive it will come after the enemy it will come after the wickedness he is a loving God he is a jealous God he is hungry for you he loves you so much he's jealous for you and anything that would try to turn you away from him he's coming after it come on somebody he's coming after that stuff that's trying to pull you away from him he is also a, a, a revenger, jealous for not, he's not only jealous for you, he's jealous for the comfort of you. He's jealous for the comfort of those who trust him. He's jealous for the comfort of those who worship him. He's jealous not only for the comfort of those who trust him and worship him, but he's also jealous for his land. Come on, somebody. He's jealous for his people. He's jealous for his land. land. And Nahum is the form, as we've already mentioned, it, it is the name comfort of Yahweh. It is the picture of Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, Jesus is loving, but his love can look two different ways depending on what position you are in. The city of Nineveh we see is eradicated. It's lost from history. And verse 9 tells us that, if, that it will be destroyed. Affliction will, listen, so annihilated that it can never be built back up. 
That's how vast his glory is. I'm talking about wipe, just like he wiped out the Egyptians after the Israelites crossed over and they're never coming back. That's what happened to this city. It never came back. Matter of fact, they looked for it for centuries. They were trying to find it and they couldn't find it. They finally found some remains, but it was eradicated, eradicated destroyed so much that they couldn't even find it. Why? Because his word is true and every man is a liar. The Bible says that this city was lost, it was destroyed, uh, and it says to the point affliction cannot rise again. That kind of sounds like an encouraging thing. But what he was saying is no, it will never come back. Can I tell you the enemies that have been haunting you, God wants to annihilate them to the point that you're never bothered by them again. Is anybody uh, thankful that you serve a God that can break addiction off of you, that haunted you from generation after generation and all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like the city of Nineveh, it's gone and can never come back to your life can never come back to your children, can never come back to your children's children. Do you believe that he's that same kind of generational curse crusher in this day and in this hour? If you are and you feel some things that's tried to, those cycles that Pastor Amanda was talking about, this is just the cycle that needed to be, to be broken and they decided to go their way instead of the realm of God's way. But is there anybody in this place that say, I will trust in him and he will be my refuge and he will be my protector? and he will be my guide, and he will be my helper. How many knows he's a God of power? He is a God of authority. He is a God of glory, and his glory reigns on the just and the unjust alike. Somebody right now, I want you to just activate a praise on the inside of you. Activate a praise from your lips. Let the fruits of your lips, if he's been good to you, bless his holy name. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy of all the hallelujah. He is worthy of all the glory. He is worthy because he's annihilating the plans of the enemy's attack on your life. And I just go ahead and agree with Pastor Amanda right here before I go any further. I believe 23 might have been a time where you've been pressing through some things. It's been a moment of pressure. We've been speaking Jubilee 23, but you cannot live in Jubilee until you get to the until you get through the process. It's been a process of pain. It's been a process that has taken from you it's been a process that tried to take you out but in 24 when you step in I hear the Lord say that you went through that just to get to this moment you went through the process and I heard the Lord say this as I'm preaching right now I hear the Lord say that you were pressured in 23 but you're going to have more in 24 you're going to have more than you can think ask or imagine why because he is a God that is powerful that's why I love about this scripture although it is a scripture of justice it is a scripture of his power and I come to tell you that he can crush mountains he can melt mountains come on somebody he can make a way through a red sea he can make a way out of the middle of no way if you believe it in this place and you would say I have been through the process but I'm trusting God for the more in 24 and it's not just so I can be blessed and it's not just so my children can be blessed 
but I'm going to trust you for more because God I need your hand upon my life as I transition from one place into another I come to tell some people that you've been pressured but the pressure is for the promotion I want you to understand that God is a God of increase God if you're under his mighty strong hand he's a God that's going to move you up he's a God that's going to move you through because he's about to transition you up he's taking you to another level he's taking you to another dimension his glory hits one place one way but I come to tell you his blessings make rich and add no sorrow if you believe in that kind of God and you've not allowed the spirit of doubt to enter into your heart and you've not allowed the spirit of doubt to restrict the release of heaven somebody take 30 seconds and praise the God who was the God who is and the God whose glory shall always be forevermore the city of Nineveh lost everything but just in a few verses he says to Zion the enemies of Zion you may look mighty but you will be destroyed judgment will come to your enemy God is going to break off the yoke he's going to burst the bonds anybody getting anything from this today I've got so much more but I want you to stand on your feet because I know when it's time to shift and if we get too far in it I'll let you sit again but we'll see what happens amen Some of us get so full of turkey. It's hard to hear the truth because turkey will put you to sleep. Truth will wake you up. Amen. How many is thankful for his truth that'll wake me up after I've consumed what puts me to sleep? This book is heavy. We'll continue this. It's heavy. The Bible says it was so heavy for him to even carry. That's why when you see Pastor Amanda, when she releases a prophetic word, because whether you know it or not, she operates in a prophetic office. Man didn't put that on her. God put it in her. So if, you, if there's issues with that, then you don't take it up with me because I'm not going to fight with you. So if you come and, and to analyze and to fight with me, you come to the wrong place because God didn't anoint me to fight you. And, and I'm not trying to be mean. I just want you in this next season to understand. Nobody called, she didn't call herself that. God called her to be that office. So we have to understand that. I, I apologize, but there's something happening right now inside me. I'm not going to fight with you. Come up here and you analyze and you're going to pull out the Old Testament and tell me that I, listen, I didn't, I'm not called to fight you. I'm called to fight principalities and powers. And, Come to serve the God of the wind, not to hear the hot wind. That mean that meaningless conversation. 
If somebody's preaching the gospel, what's wrong with that? Why are you trying to take somebody out of position to preach the truth? I don't know where I'm going with this. Let me tell you something. God is in the whirlwind. He carries the wind with him. He carries the storm. That's why he's not scared of the storm you're in. That's trying to plant fear in you. The storm that's trying to take you out, he carries it. He can speak peace to it. Why? Because he created it. He even created those who like to form storms. He created them. And what he created, he can silence. You hear me? He stepped out, said, peace. And as soon as he said peace, the storm had to cease. The storm had to be silent. Can I tell you that he wants to speak peace to your storm right now? Because he's in the whirlwind. He holds it. He carries it. Everybody else wants to worship an idol and worship creation. And, and here in Scripture, they're worshiping the wrong things. They're worshiping the creation rather than the creator. It's time to start worshiping the wrong thing. Come on, somebody. It's time to start worshiping your job. It's, it's time to start worshiping your spouse. It's time to start worshiping where you came from or all your accolades or what you've done. God is done with it. The only one that's worthy of praise is the one who's seated high and he's looking low and he sees you in the storm that you're in and he's speaking peace to it in the name of Jesus. Wherever there's a whirlwind and storm, I want you to know that God has the command of it. Wherever there's a whirlwind and a storm, I want you to know that not only does he have the command of it, God has the control of it. Come on, I want you to slap your neighbor high five and say he's controlling it. The, the song used to say God is in control. I want you to know that God is in control. Don't let the wind haunt you. Don't let the wave get into and distract you. But I want you to understand God is in control of the wind. He He's in control of the storm. Wherever there's a whirlwind and a storm, God is, is in command of it. He's in control of it. And he makes his way through it. Come on, somebody. I wish I had to, you to understand that if God can make his way through a storm, he can carry you through the storm that you've gotten yourself in. Now, I want you to understand that whatever the storm is that's trying to get you distracted in this hour, God is the God of the storm. He's the God who's speaking peace. He's the God who's releasing peace. He's the God who's speaking peace, but he wants you to understand, stay focused. Don't take your eyes off of him. Don't take your eyes off the source. Although he carries the storm, I want you to know he created the storm, and he's the only one worthy of our focus. He's the only one worthy of our praise. And if we'll keep focus, he will take us through the storm. He will take us through the terror of the enemy. Wherever there's a whirlwind, he commands it, he controls it. He goes through it and he goes on his way in it and he serves his purpose by it. Oh, some of y'all saying, why is this storm lasting? Because there's purpose in the storm. Come on, somebody. Why, why am I still walking through this storm and his purpose is in it? Lift your hands toward heaven right now. His purpose is in it. His purpose is in the storm. His purpose is in the pain. 
His purpose is in the, 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 the heartache of this season. His purpose is in that moment that you have felt all alone. His purpose is in it because sometimes you have to feel all alone to know that he's with you. You can't be distracted by everybody else that you miss him in the midst of you. His purpose is there. He will walk out on the water to get to you. His purpose is in the storm. He will even cause you to walk on the water in the storm. His purpose is in the storm. Why? Because he wants you to operate in a level of faith where you'll step out of the boat while everybody else is sitting. He can speak to you like he did to Job in the whirlwind. Even in the stormy winds, he fulfills his word. His purpose is in the word. His purpose is in the storm. Yahweh has the way of, of the wind. Yahweh has the way of the clouds. They're the dust of his feet. I want you to see this as a man running down a dusty road and, 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 and dust uh, uh, is rising up. That's what this picture is painting of our God in the clouds. His dust is the cloud. He treads them and it raises them as a man raises a dust, uh, as a man raises a cloud of dust in movement. I come to tell you that as he's raising the clouds in movement, you are about to raise your foot in movement. God is about to take you from one place of, uh, of wickedness, everything that looks dark and hopeless and, and frail. The devil is a liar. You're not of them. You're not of them. You're not of the wicked ones. Come on, somebody. And he said, if you trust me, I'm going to protect you. If you trust me, I'm going to cover you. If you trust me, I'm going to annihilate the plans of the wicked one that's trying to assassinate your, your assignment, that's trying to assassinate your mission. I come to tell you that the assassinating spirit is going down just like Nineveh went down. Every demonic spirit is going down in the name of Jesus. And it's time for us to start stepping in the rhythm of his spirit. Let's get off this common ground. Like you're not a them that's walking common on this land God's blood has touched you his spirit is on the inside of you if you believe that I want you to understand a few more things that if you understand that he's the God of power he's the God who can do anything but there are a few things that God cannot do and one thing God cannot do is lie to you come on somebody he's not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent he will not lie to you turn to your neighbor and say he will not lie he will not lie. He is great. He is mighty. He can do all things, but he cannot lie. He is greater than the demonic spirit trying to humiliate you and mutilate you alive. Every spirit after your children, come on, lift your hands right now. Every spirit after your children, every spirit after your household I come to tell every spirit my God is the absolute my God my God possesses total power my God possesses total wisdom my God possesses liberty that he's given me the opportunity to willingly walk out I will walk in his liberty and I will walk in his dominion because liberty is in him and dominion is in him nothing is impossible to him 
My God, somebody say, my God is greater. You need right now, just pray in your own way. We're going to close this thing, but I want you to pray and just, just tell your situation who your God is. My God is greater than this sickness. My, my God is powerful. Come on, just begin to talk to him for a few moments and pray. Every spirit that's trying to annihilate your assignment, my God is greater. Nothing is impossible. Joshua 10, 3. He is the God who stopped earth from rotating and I come to tell you he's the God who will stop your inner enemies from trying to attack you I, I will say again that the weapons formed against you will not be, be able to prosper that he's about to breathe on a Red Sea he's about to breathe on some waters and they're going to roll back there's an escape route in him I want you to understand he's in a burning bush it may not look like it needs to look to everybody else but there's some leaders in this house that's not going to pass the burning bush but they're going to get their information from it. They're going to get their information from something that's on fire. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to lay complacent, but I'm going to be on fire and I'm going to get my, uh, I'm going to get my direction from that bush of fire. I'm going to get my direction from the truth that is fiery. That his, his power is fiery. His power is bright. His power is illuminating the room right now. There's a burning bush directing us and leading us into the pathway of deliverance. And I want you to understand that deliverance is available to some people right now that you need to be, to be delivered from a circumstance. God's power can level mountains. God's power can hold storms back. God's power can hurl worlds and galaxies and, and cast out darkness. God's power, he, heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. Who can oppose limits on God? But one thing he will not do, he will not lie to you. He will not lie. He, if, if he said it, it's going to come to pass. Every promise is yes and amen. Every promise is true. Come on, just begin to lift your hands toward heaven. And I want you to press into him for just a few moments. If he promised it. Oh, Rabbi if he promised it. If he promised, if he promised, if he promised you a helper he'll send the helper just ask acts to he'll send the helper to direct you he'll send the helper to burn in you he'll send the helper to be the gifts that you need in the time of the assignments that you need them y'all quiet in this place come on somebody i said 30 minutes i've preached an hour help us jesus Come on, lift your hand just for a few more moments. Just for a few more moments. Here's what I want to do. If you've been in a season of a storm and you trust God and your trust, I want you to, I want you to travel out that trust to this altar right now. I want you to walk to this altar and we're going to pray one last prayer over you quickly and I'm going to release you. But if you need God to move in the midst of your circumstance, situation, I want the intercessors to line up in front of them. Anybody that is in leadership that would like to pray, you are, I release you now to help and pray. But only if you're filling up to it today. Glory to your name. Come on, somebody. Those that's in the seats, would you just stretch your hands just for a few more moments? I'm about to release you. I'm about to send you home. But right now, let's just, let's be the body. Come on, just for a few more moments. 
God is not lying to you. He's going to bless you. He's going to heal you. Numbers 23 and 19 said he's not a man. He should lie nor the son of man. He should repent. Proverbs 30 and 5. Every word of God is flawless, which means it's perfect and complete, lacking nothing. His promise is true. And so on the count of three, I want the intercessors to move forward and begin to. Can we get some anointing oil uh, on your hands? Just real quickly, real quickly, if you can just pass that down. I'm believing that this is uh, just a physical uh, sign of what God is going to do. He's going to anoint your head with oil. Your cup shall overflow. 24 will be the season of more where you've been through the process and every evil thing that has exalted itself against the knowledge of God is being pulled down right now as Nineveh walked away from God it received the goodness of his glory on that side but I want you to understand God is releasing his blessing to those who are trusting him and here's what I want to do when I count to three I want you to lay hands on them and I'm about to speak the scripture the reverse of the curse the reverse of the curse where the glory will bring destruction it also brings brings the blessing so I'm going to speak the blessing over you Are, are you ready one two three move come on come on heavenly father we believe that your word is everlasting we believe that your promises are true we believe that they are yes and amen we believe psalms 1 1 through 3 that is the opposite of what happened to the ninevites because they drifted from you we believe that it blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in the word and in the law he will meditate day and night he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season his leaves shall not wither his leaves shall not wither his grandchildren shall not wither his children shall not wither his family shall not wither but whatever he puts his hand to will be blessed he will be blessed in the city blessed in the field blessed going in and blessed going out why because God cannot lie what he said it shall be what he said we remember the promise and we declare his promise right now this glory the blessing as we trust him in the name of Jesus we trust him for the blessing we trust him for the help that he released that he said he was going to do it in Acts 1 he said he was going to do it that there was a helper coming and I speak to the helper inside of those who come forward I declare that as it fell in Jerusalem and they were endued with power from on high I declare that that Acts 2 second Timothy stir it up just like you went forth in 120 who were waiting on you and suddenly there was a sound that was above this rim that didn't this rim could not relate to the sound that was being released other than it would touch the hearts of men and repentance would come and conviction would come I thank you Lord for that kind of ability in this hour that as we are being the Spirit of God is being released in the name of Jesus that it would be just like that upper end it would be like an upper wind the God of the wind and the whirlwind would be like a rushing mighty wind in our lives that he would feel not just parts of our being but he would feel all of who we are he would feel all of us as Pastor Amanda said that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit the Holy Spirit is always constantly in overflow we are always overflowing and being filled to overflowing I declare cloven tongues of fire set upon each of these who have come in the name 
name of Jesus begin to speak in them and through them your language and your spirit and your tongue as the spirit utters them as the spirit speaks to them I thank you that the enemy cannot understand this power the enemy cannot understand or get in the way of this activation I declare the nine gifts of the spirit come alive in those who have come forward in their circumstance God I thank you for the manifestation of encouragement I thank you Lord Jesus for the prophetic gift that's, that is an encourager even now through intercession I thank you that the nine gifts of the spirit are exploding in the name of Jesus the gift of miracles the gift of, of healing the gift Lord Jesus of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and all the other gifts we declare in the name of Jesus John 6 53 54 Jesus said he said when you begin to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood and you have he says you have my life whoever eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life and they have the help of Acts 2 if they desire the unfilling power of the Holy Spirit I declare as I'm declaring right now your word I declare your power to be released in a supernatural way I declare raise them up in the last day raise them up as sons raise them up as your daughters those who repent raise them up in the name of Jesus and as they receive your body raise them up your blood is resurrecting them and will resurrect them in the last day it's resurrecting them now in the situation that they have been knocked down in but I thank you for the blood that washes us white as snow I thank you Lord that in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so he would have told me he did not lie he has gone to prepare a place and he is going to prepare that place for me that where he is there I may be also I thank you Lord and I hold on to the truth and I hold and trust in your promise God will not lie God will not change he's a God that's never changing so as we're continuing to pray I declare that the God that cannot lie is the God that will never change and as a matter of fact he's a healer today he's a deliverer today he's a way maker today as he was yesterday he is today and he will be tomorrow he's a God that does not lie and he's a God that does not change he was a deliverer then and he is a deliverer now he was a deliverer he is a deliverer and he always will be a deliverer he was a way maker he is a way maker and he always will be a way maker he was holy he is holy and he always will be holy there is nothing that God's power cannot do but the, a few things that he will not do he will not lie to you he will not change and I'll and lastly I want to say he will not fail you just like he did not fail Lazarus that was in the tomb for four days it may not look like the way you thought it should look but I come to tell you when he's four days late he's the God of time he's not only the God of creation he's the God of time and he will wait till it's absolutely impossible then he will perform his mighty works and so Lord just like you raised Lazarus from the dead God I thank you that you're healing that you're that you're that you're delivering that you're making a way father God that you are moving and leading and guiding and directing in this moment and we give you the glory and we give you the praise when as you did to Lazarus as you did to Jairus's daughter where it looked hopeless where where she looked like she was laid and they said don't worry about it she's already dead but you're the God of resurrection we have testaments of that in this house God you're the God of all power you're the God of life you're the God of abundance and where there's a killer a stealer and a destroyer there is a Christ who gives life and life more abundantly